welcome to Experience This, where you'll find inspiring examples of customer experience, great stories of customer service, and tips on how to make your customers love you even more. Always upbeat and definitely entertaining, customer retention expert Joey Coleman and social media expert Dan Gingas serve as your hosts for a weekly dose of positive customer experience. So hold on to your headphones. It's time to experience this. Get ready for a special 100th episode of the Experience This Show. Woohoo! Join us as we look back on some of our favorite customer experience stories in three of our most popular segments, counting down to the best of the best. Episodes and episodes and Episodes and episodes and episodes and episodes and more episodes. Oh my! We love telling stories and sharing key insights you can implement or avoid based on our experiences. Can you believe that this just happened? Welcome, everyone, to episode 100 of the experience of this show. I'm not going to lie, Joey. I think this is a pretty momentous occasion. I'm not going to lie, Dan. I didn't know if we'd make it. No, I'm just kidding. I knew we'd make it, but I too think this is kind of a fun marker, uh, not only for us, but more importantly for our listeners. I mean, at the end of the day, most podcasts don't make it to 100 episodes. And who would have thunk Way back when, when our mutual friend Jay Bear was hosting a little gathering and you and I were standing next to each other talking and he came up and said, hey, I think you guys should do a podcast together that we'd be here in season five, a hundred episodes later. Yeah, but if we had known better back then and not recorded 40 episodes in season one. Season one is really long. We would be much deeper in five seasons if we would have broken this up. We'd be at least in season seven. But anyway, that aside, we thought we'd do something a little bit different and a little bit special for our 100th episode. See, when we first started this podcast, we wanted to make it a unique listening experience, which is why one of our first decisions was to not make it an interview show like so many other business podcasts. And that's nothing against interview show, folks. Some of our favorite other podcasts are interview shows. It's just we wanted to try something completely new, which ironically enough hasn't stopped a plethora of PR agents reaching out to pitch us on interviewing the CEOs of companies even though we don't do interviews, but I digress. Exactly. Well, the whole idea was, is we felt like if we were going to teach people how to create remarkable experiences, we needed to make sure that we were creating a remarkable listening experience for our show. And to do that, we wanted to do something different. So we settled on three main segments per episode. And to make it even more interesting, we created nine different segment types. And we eventually added two more after that so that you never know quite what you're going to get from each episode. Now, when people ask me about the podcast and they haven't listened to us, I liken it to The Price is Right, except, sadly, without Bob Barker. Dan Gingas, come on down! Thank you, Johnny. I'll bid one dollar. In any event, after more than 300 individual segments, we thought we'd celebrate this week by looking back at some of our favorites for three of our most frequent segment categories. And the first one is This Just Happened. 
Believe it or not, we've had 65 This Just Happened stories over the years, so picking the top ones was quite challenging. These segments were created for us to share personal experiences and also brand experiences that we hear about from friends, family, and in social media. After all, remarkable experiences are the ones that are most often shared in the first place. So let's count down the top five. Number five is Empower CX, episode 65. The only time we've done an episode completely live, but maybe not the last time. Oh, there might be some interesting things in the work, people. At the end of the day, a live experience was absolutely incredible and the for us and the audience seemed to enjoy it as well. In fact, we enjoyed working with our friends at Cytel so much that we created a second podcast with them where Dan and I are the host called Empower CX Now. Number four is Kids Talking to Alexa which came in our very first episode, episode one. And that was so much fun in particular because I mentioned during that segment that one of the things my kids, much younger at the time, liked to do was to ask Alexa to play the poop song, which is a real song. As it turns out, I believe because of a Google alert, the writer of the poop song found out that we referenced his song and he emailed me thanking me for the reference and telling me that he actually holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the most songs written. He's written like 65,000 songs, including a whole bunch, I'm not making this up, about poop, puke, and pee. But in any wow. event... Wow, this my, is a, Here in the 100th episode, we decide to digress into the unprofessional side, but nonetheless... Well, I can tell you, my kids that day thought that dad was a true hero because the guy who wrote the poop song was emailing him. I absolutely love it. So number three was episode 18, the story of Take On Me. Now, you may be familiar with that classic 80s tune, Take On Me by AHA. Well, what had happened is they had recorded at a private concert an acoustic version that was not only as poignant and as catchy as the original one, but was in many ways haunting and marked a nostalgic time for all of us that had grown up listening to the song in the original version to hear it as a quiet, more acoustic version years later. Oh, my kids still request that song be played because it's such a great version of the song. Yeah, it was it was awesome. And, and it was hard to believe that you could take what was almost a perfect 80s song and even try to improve upon it, dare to improve upon it. Uh, but they did a great job. Number two, and this is one that I repeat quite often in my keynote speeches because I just love it, is the Stephen Curry basketball shoes story. This is where NBA All-Star Stephen Curry received a handwritten note from a girl named Riley who was very upset because she couldn't find his shoes in girl sizes. Now, she had done her homework. She knew that Stefan had daughters and was a big proponent of women's sports and pointed this out in the letter and asked for him to please make the, the shoes available in girl sizes. Stephen Curry, NBA all-star, busy millionaire, on the court and off the court, entrepreneur, he took the time to write a handwritten note back to Riley not only telling her that he was correcting the oversight with the manufacturer, offering her the newest pair of his curry shoes right off of the assembly line, but finally saying that 
in advance of International Women's Day, he wanted Riley to help him design a brand new girl's shoe, which she got to do. And there's this awesome picture that was put out by Under Armour showing Riley holding her shoe, which she autographed for Stephen Curry. It was a wonderful story. And the message there was, if Stephen Curry can respond to his fans with a handwritten letter, can't you do the same for your customers? Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. The power of the handwritten note, which brings us to number one, the top episode of This Just Happened over the last hundred episodes, five seasons, is none other than Chewy.com, the only company to appear twice on our This Just Happened list. Well, we first talked about their amazing personal customer service in episode 17 after three different acquaintances of ours brought the company to our attention within the same week, folks, okay? This happened within the same week. And I remember your friend, Mike, after losing his cat, Homie, completely stunned to receive a bouquet of flowers and a sympathy card from this amazing company. We talked about how important it is to treat customers well, even on the way out. After all, Mike, by definition, was no longer a customer at the time. But of course, when Mike got another cat, you can guess where he went back to purchasing food and supplies. Yes, that would be Chewy.com. And then in episode 50, you shared what you thought was the greatest customer service email ever. Oh, yeah. That one was to our listener, Marianne Hell. And I'll never forget her cat, Roma. And she had left a negative review on Chewy's site about a particular brand of cat litter. Not a Chewy brand. And she left the negative review because she wanted to warn other long-haired cat owners that this particular litter did not work well for her cat. Chewy saw the review, proactively sent out an email saying, we're so sorry that you had a bad experience with this litter. We've gone ahead and refunded your money. Please note that Mariangel never asked for a refund. The customer service agent then took the time to share four other litters and links to purchasing those that she thought might work better for her long-haired cat, mentioned the cat by name, and offered to put a picture of the cat up in their offices. I absolutely love this letter. And one of the things that I thought was amazing about it was, despite how personalized it was, I truly believe that most of it was templated so that it is repeatable and scalable in their business, which again, means you can do the same thing. So is there one takeaway that you think people should have from listening to all of these This Just Happened segments, Dan? I do. And we've said it many times on the show in different ways. The bar for customer experience is very, very low, and you don't need to high jump over it. You just need to do a little bit better to stand out. Make something ordinary into extraordinary. Step over that low bar. You don't have to worry about jumping. And then when you create that extraordinary experience, we'll talk about it on our show. Hey guys, it's Dan. And I wanted to tell you about a brand new white paper that I have out called Four Things Every Marketer Must Know About Customer Experience. You know, I've been a marketer for a long time, and I've seen that for years, marketers didn't really think they had to pay attention to customer experience. After all, their core function was just to improve brand awareness, acquire new customers. But today, marketers' jobs are a lot bigger. They have to set the stage for the future experience that a customer will have when doing business with your company. I'd like to offer you this free download on my website at dangingis.com. That's D-A-N-G-I-N-G-I-S. 
www.ssss.com. Four things every marketer must know about customer experience. Sometimes a remarkable experience deserves deeper investigation. We dive into the nitty gritty of customer interactions and dissect how and why they happen. Join us while we're dissecting the experience. Now, continuing on in our 100th episode, we're going to now look at dissecting the experience. We've had 54 dissecting the experience segments since we began the show. And we look back at all of them to select our favorites. Now, with dissecting the experience, we wanted to take a deeper dive into some experiences to really get at what makes them remarkable. And often, it's more than one thing. So without further ado, let's count down the top five. Number five is a fantastic restaurant with a great mission in Denver, Colorado called Pizzability. I had the opportunity to go to Pizzability and see how their entire restaurant experience is designed to be accessible, accessible to the different types of customers that they have, whether that's utensils that were easier to hold, menus that you didn't have to read, the ability to mark things uh, by, uh, by sight and by pointing, as opposed to needing to speak. The entire experience was designed to be remarkable, frankly, for an audience and a customer demographic who usually is struggling with the way things have been designed. It was a beautiful example of how you can make the experiences you create accessible to all of your customers, not just some of them. Number four is Imperfect Produce, which we covered in episode 57. This is one of my favorite companies based in San Francisco, and they help farmers by rescuing fruit and vegetables that would otherwise go to the landfill simply because they aren't as pretty as the produce that supermarkets and grocery stores demand. Sometimes they're too big, sometimes they're too small, sometimes they have a little bit of a dent but they all taste perfectly good and there's no need to waste them. So Imperfect boxes them up and ships them out as a subscription service that is so flexible. You get to pick exactly what you want in your box every week. I enjoy being a customer. And one of the things that keeps me there is they help to track the impact that I, Dan Gingas, have had on the environment by participating in this service. The amount of produce, now over 500 pounds for me, that would have gone to the landfill. The amount of water and CO2 that's saved from farmers not having to replant every year. And they all do it with a lot of wit and humor in their marketing, ranging from their billboard ads, which have a picture of dancing dates and saying, we'll help you get more dates, to the messages on their box that include helpful information about storing fruits and vegetables, but also things that make you smile to some of the special goodies and surprises that they'll insert in the box when you least expect it. It's a terrific experience and very deserving of number four on our list. Number three is the fantastic sports team, the Savannah Bananas. Back in episode 71, I shared an experience that my family and I had visiting the Savannah Bananas baseball team. Run by our good friends, Jesse and Emily Cole, the Savannah Bananas is not really a baseball team. Yeah, they play baseball, but it's basically a party 
where a baseball game breaks out. They do amazing things like having a child uh, hit the first pitch so that they run the bases and make sure they're all working, which my oldest son got to do. Then they have another kid in the audience say play ball to start the game, which my other son got to do. I got to throw in the first pitch, which of course was a banana, not a baseball. There were fireworks, there were promotions, there were stunts, there were games. And in the background, there was a baseball game that was played. Folks, if you get the chance to spend any time on the southern east coast of the United States, find your way to a Savannah Bananas baseball game for a remarkable audience experience. Number two on the list is website navigation, a segment that we did in episode 48. And the reason why this went so high on the list for me was that it was something that I really, really learned from, even though I spent over three years managing website design and development for a Fortune 300 company. You see, what this piece of research found was that B2B companies, especially in the SaaS space, which is software as a service space, almost all of them have the exact same navigation on their website. And this design agency was trying to get one of their clients to have different navigation. And the client was resisting because they wanted to be like all of their competitors. So this agency went out and did a big survey. And what they found was absolutely stunning. Customers had no idea where to find things on the website because the navigation that was being used had similar words like services and products and programs and other things where people didn't couldn't tell the difference between them. And so when asked, where do you think you would find this on the website? They had no idea. And that was a stunner for me and something that I really learned from and took to some consulting clients and to other companies that I know to use as advice. And that to me is really why we're here, Joey, is to learn things and not just teach them to others, but to learn them ourselves. And that's why I loved that segment. Such a great segment. Which brings us to the number one segment of dissecting the experience across a hundred episodes of the experience this show. Ladies and gentlemen, let me take you back to season one, episode 24, when we had a double segment talking about Steve Spangler science. Steve Spangler Science is a company that offers science kits that you can order to do experiments in your home. We did a box opening with each of our kids. We audio recorded this so that you could hear the oohs and the ahs as the kids got to experiment with science and learn in the process while also having fun. We then paired this with an I love it, can't stand it segment about the things that are great and not so great about school. And we got the same kids who had played with the Steve Spangler science kit to actually tell us about their experience of school and education. When it comes to being lifelong learners, I think we have a tendency as we become adults to focus more on books and podcasts and going to conferences instead of more kinesthetic learning experiences like doing experiments, blowing things up, making snow, in your house, the crazy things you can do with Steve Spangler science kits. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the top five examples of a dissecting the experience. Dan, what do you think is the main takeaway from these segments? How can we dissect the takeaway? 
dissected dissection, if you will. Well, it said in order to create a truly remarkable customer experience, you have to go beyond just the surface, which is exactly why we called the segment Dissecting the Experience in the first place. All of these great examples showcase companies that are thinking about every single aspect of the experience as one cohesive thing, not as individual disconnected experiences created by siloed organizational charts. I think when you look at all of these examples, plus a lot of the others that we've shared in this show, that's really the key thing that we want people to remember is that when your organization is siloed, you might be able to improve one piece of the experience. But these are companies that have taken a look at everything from their marketing and advertising to their packaging, to their actual product or service, to their customer service, to their social media. I could go on and on and on. And it all fits together into a cohesive experience. And if you want us to include your company in a future dissecting the experience, that's what you're going to have to do. As we are now all aware, global pandemics, natural disasters, and other unforeseen events can wreak havoc on business plans. There isn't a company in the world that hasn't dealt with this in the last month as the result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Avtex, a customer experience consulting and solution provider, and an Experience This Show partner for the last two seasons, aims to provide CX vision and strategy in order to help organizations navigate both their employee and customer experiences throughout this current crisis and beyond. We're excited to let you know about a special upcoming webinar that our friends at Avtex are hosting called Four Phases to Managing Customer Experience Through Crisis. Now, this webinar is actually happening today, May 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central. On the webinar, a panel of Avtex experts, including Kurt Schroeder, the chief experience officer, who you may recall we featured back in episode 81, are going to talk all about Avtex's approach to responding to crisis within a customer experience model, and in the process, demonstrate how companies can provide meaningful experiences for both their employees and customers during times of crisis like this one and beyond. And all attendees will also get a free copy of Avtex's white paper, a four-phased approach to delivering effective customer experience during a crisis. You're probably wondering how to sign up. Luckily, it is very easy. Just go to www.experienceconversations.com. That's experienceconversations.com and sign up for the free webinar as well as the free white paper. Just because you have required elements of your business doesn't mean they need to be boring. It's time to get creative, have some fun, and make people sit up and take notice. Get your customers talking when you make the required remarkable. So wrapping up our special 100th episode, we're now going to talk about our required remarkable segment. But before we get into it, we do have to point out that we've had 75 CX Press segments, the most of any segment, but we chose not to create a top five list of those because they don't really feel as rankable, if that makes sense. But we are going to look at Required Remarkable, even though we've only done 
15 of these segments because, and I think I can speak for you here, Joey, we both believe that these are the kinds of examples that companies absolutely must be paying attention to. Absolutely, Dan. And they may not always be the sexiest examples, although let's be candid, the five we're about to remind you about actually are, but that doesn't make them any less important. See, the required things in your business are the things that you and your customers are taking for granted. And if you can make those things remarkable, that's the way to catch them off guard. That's the way to get people talking about your business, your brand, your services, and your products. So let's get into our top five examples of required remarkable experiences, starting with number five from episode 66, birthday wishes. Folks, this is such an obvious thing for any company to do. So many companies ask you or record the information of what is your birth date and then don't do anything to acknowledge you on your birthday. As we get older, people don't acknowledge our birthdays as much anymore. When you're a kid and you have a birthday, you throw a party, invite over all your friends. There's pin the tail on the donkey. There's pinatas. There's cake. There's cookies. There's presents. There's all kinds of hijinks and excitement. When you have your 46th birthday or your 53rd birthday or even your 28th birthday or 34th birthday, these aren't as memorable. There's an opportunity for the businesses who know your birthday to stand out by acknowledging your special day. Number four on the list Woman wins $10,000 for reading the fine print. Oh, as a lawyer, I loved this one. This was so good. This was episode 73 last season, and it was a story of a woman who actually sat down and read the fine print at her insurance company and figured out by reading all of the disclosures that she had to do a certain thing, complete a certain task to win $10,000. And the idea here was clear. The company knew that very few people read the fine print, and they wanted to see if even one person could do it. And this woman happened to be the lucky winner. But I loved it because it not only exposed a problem in the experience of fine print, which is that it's almost intentional that people not read it, which is problematic because if you talk to the lawyers, they want people to read it. In fact, they assume people read it. And that's what they're allowed to do according to the law. As long as we put the fine print in front of customers, we can assume that we've done our part. But what we like to teach on this show is that there's always an opportunity for creativity. There's always an opportunity to bring marketing or design people in to make the required parts of your business more interesting and more fun. This insurance company did it by hiding a little Easter egg in the fine print in the form of a $10,000 sweepstakes. And I am so proud of this woman for winning it. Which brings us to number three. Number three takes us back to the very beginning of season two, episode 41, when we had the opportunity to go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at Universal Studios. It was as if we were in the movie. Everywhere we walked, the streets felt like the streets of Diagon Alley. Hogwarts was up on the hill. You had this experience that you were almost in the movie, even though you were in the amusement park. Characters walking around. There were singing frogs. There were magicians in robes. There were kids waving wands all over and creating opportunities for the buildings to come to life based on the interactivity of the spells that the children were casting. 
the wizarding world of Harry Potter looked at all the details that are required in any operation and decided how can we make these details, these required elements, more remarkable from the food to the signage to the design and architecture, to the various phrases that their staff used when they interacted with us, there were a stack of required elements that became truly remarkable. One of my favorite photographs of my kids is my son with a butterbeer mustache from <laughs> the Wizarding <laughs> World of it. Harry Potter. And it's just perfect. Number two on the list, one of our favorites is the I'm on hold music in episode six, season one. This is a fantastic example, maybe the quintessential example of taking the required part of your business and making it remarkable. A conference call system decided that rather than put people on hold and have them listening to, I don't know, a beep or elevator music or complete silence or your call is very important to us, they had somebody commission a song about waiting on hold. And I urge you to Google I'm on hold music. You'll get to a YouTube video that is absolutely amazing. And the reason it was so remarkable is it literally changed the concept of waiting on hold. Usually when you're on hold, you can't wait for the person to join the call. In this case, when I heard this song, I didn't want them to join the call because I wanted to hear the rest of the song. You know, it's funny, Dan, that you picked this one. Just last week, I was on the conference a conference call with a new client that was booking me to uh, do a keynote speech at their annual meeting. And while I was waiting for them to log in, I heard the chorus, I'm on hold. And I immediately was teleported back to our experience. So yeah, what a great example. Which brings us to the number one required remarkable segment of the first 100 episodes of Experience This. And that would be, yes, episode number one, the segment, Your Customers Are Cheating On You. Folks, this is the very first segment of the very first episode of Experience This. And I think that's interesting for two reasons. Number one, it represents the core foundation of what this show stands for. And here, a hundred episodes later, five seasons later, it is as pertinent today as it was then. Based on an article written by our mutual friend, Shep Hyken, a legend in the customer service and customer experience space, the takeaway was that your competition has changed to become every other company your customer does business with. See, it used to be that your competitors were who your customers were comparing you to. Now your customers are comparing you to the best experience they've ever had. Cirque du Soleil, Tesla, Walt Disney, Netflix, Amazon, Emirates Air, all the amazing brands in the world that are creating remarkable experiences and taking these required elements and making them remarkable, that's who you're being compared to. So what are you doing to stand out? And I think it's really important to note here that this applies just as much to B2B or business-to-business -business companies as it does to B2C or business-to-consumer companies. Because your customers in a B2B space are consumers. You are not selling to a building just because you sell to a business. You're selling to a buyer who's a human being who has had 
consumer experiences at the brands that Joey just listed. And believe it or not, you're being compared to them as well. So you may not think it. You may think if you're in the B2B space that you're being compared to other B2B purchases, but you're actually being compared to every other experience with every other brand that your buyer has had. Folks, the reason why I love this segment type so much, the required remarkable segment, is because this is the low-hanging fruit in every single organization. If you are listening to this podcast, there are required elements of your business. Hold music, email signature lines, contracts, proposals, the way you conduct your in-person meetings, the way you deliver your deliverables. Your business is rife with opportunities to take required elements and make them remarkable. We'd certainly be remiss if we didn't take this time to thank you all of our loyal listeners who have stuck by us for a hundred episodes. Without you, there literally would not be a podcast. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts for allowing us to take some of your valuable time each week and for letting us do something that we love doing. So here's to the next hundred episodes. Wow! Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. We know there are tons of podcasts to listen to, magazines and books to read, reality TV to watch. We don't take for granted that you've decided to spend some quality time listening to the two of us. We hope you enjoyed our discussions, and if you do, we'd love to hear about it. Come on over to experiencethisshow.com and let us know what segments you enjoyed, what new segments you'd like to hear. This show is all about experience, and we want you to be part of the Experience This Show. Thanks again for your time, and we'll see you next week for more Experience This. Experience This.